And welcome back. This is another episode of It's a Mimic. What episode are we on, guys? 24? 24. 24. Alrighty. So, uh, let's do... We did the dragon overview uh, before uh, on our first dragon mastery episode where we kind of hit the general idea of what uh, what dragons uh, can do. But today I want to focus on white dragons. And we're going to go through all the chromatics first. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to hit all the metallics. Then we're going to hit all the, the weird dragon kin or the pseudo kind of maybe dragon stuff that's out there after that so uh this is the first one we're actually like honing in on one and i'm kind of excited about it because i actually really like white dragons and a lot of people don't they're underused i feel like yeah i, f- I feel like people don't get as excited by them because they're white which sounds strange to say but i mean they they're just kind of boring to some people over like blues or the blacks or the reds uh, they just seem a little bit. They don't seem vanilla. Yeah, I at, know. At, at first glance, it's like I feel that way about the brass and the copper and yeah. the bronze. Like there's nothing that jumps out at me about right. it. Um, but then the more I was digging into white, the more I'm like, I could use this at multiple points during a campaign. Mm-hmm. Whereas you, nobody says, you know what, we're gonna use a young red dragon in our campaign, and that'll be the only time that we see red dragons. Yeah. If you're gonna see a young red dragon, you're doing a dragon campaign. You're gonna see an ancient later, right? Yeah, exactly. But um. I don't know. I think that, that whites are, are kind of fun. But let me go through kind of a breakdown of what we're talking about for the people at home who don't know it. Welcome to It's a Mimic with your DMs, Adam, Dan, and Terry. Hi. And welcome to White Dragons. Oh, wow. <laughs> you just went full, like, NPR on I'm us excited. <laughs> And I'm excited for these moments. You, you guys should have seen the look on Terry's face there. It was great. One day they will. Yeah. <laughs> um, Me and Dan staring each other down. Yeah. Well, no, pretty much half of this podcast is whoever's not talking staring the other pe- person down. Mm. Yeah. So, anyways, let's jump into it. Um, I want to talk about it. White dragons, of course, are cold. Dragons are chaotic evil because they're chromatic dragons. Um, all the chromatic dragons are chaotic evil, or are evil, not necessarily chaotic. But white dragons very much are. You find them in uh, Arctic areas, icy mountains, we're talking deep snow, not so much tundra. As much as you can kind of see them from a distance in the tundra, they're where the ice is. We're talking like northern Canada, not southern Canada, Mm. (laughs) right? Um, The cool thing about them is that they have kind of an evolution, and I've seen that that Fifth Ed kind of does this, where they talk about the color spectrum for them as well, where they start off shiny white when they're wormlings and they slowly start to become darker and mottled with different kinds of uh of blues and grays and whatnot to help them blend into the background um they can camouflage a little bit um that's actually one of my favorite things about white dragons yeah yeah the fact that they go from like i picture like a white dragon wormling as a like little itty bitty snow hair like this really cute little thing that will rip your throat out if Mm. you give it a chance but it's like this adorable little thing with bright, shiny scales and everything else. And then as it ages, it just gets mulled and blue and gray and gross. And yeah. I'm just like, yes, yes, please. I love this. I feel like that happens with a lot of animals, though. Yeah, like like, like uh, bay seals. They start nice, white, and cuddly. And then they be big, gray, gross things that are going to just Even go cows. Over here. Yeah. 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 That's why I kill them at every opportunity. Adam? <laughs> um... RPG Yogi just twitched. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, the thing about the white dragons is of all of the dragons, they're the least intelligent and they're the least cunning. That does not necessarily mean that they're dumb. The wormlings are kind of bestial with an intelligence level of uh, five, but the ancients only max out at ten, but that's still an average person. Yeah. We touched on that a little bit in the last dragon episode. 
They do, however, have great memories, so they will hold a grudge. Even though they don't have great intelligence, they will remember you. Yeah, they're like crows. Yeah, um, they're the most animalistic of all of the dragons, um, and they're the best hunters of all dragons. Hard stop. That's right in the in the monster manual that they are the best hunters. We can get into that a little bit more. The stats kind of kind of support that. Uh, they only eat frozen prey, which I think is really interesting. They'll um, they will they gotta freeze you with their with their breath weapon, and then they will eat you. And if you are not frozen, if they kill you with like a tail attack or whatever, they will then bury you in snow or ice or wait until it recharges and freeze you again, mm-hmm. and then bury you and and wait. And now they have a stash of food somewhere. So, there. I feel like um, there are all sorts of kind of half-dead or, or half-eaten or, or broken monster corpses just littered around the, the snowy areas of the Forgotten Realms. Um, the, uh, the other thing about them that I really like is they use uh, frozen corpses of their greatest foes as trophies and warnings in their lairs. Ooh, to decorate their lairs? Yeah, so they will like create this giant ice wall with their breath and have like a frost giant you know, frozen in a pose in there to, like, Ooh. either ward off people or so that they can sit there and be like, yeah, bitches, I beat you, yeah. right? So, because um, they're super malicious, uh, which I which I think is a lot of fun. They're also really antisocial, which is why they have these warnings up. They can speak. They only speak draconic. And they can speak, but they rarely choose to. Hmm. So when you even go in to talk to them in draconic, they will probably just, just stare you down. Like... Dan just stared down the cake before he ate it. Mm. I devoured that thing. Oh, man. So good. Um, they, uh, they don't like to suffer the presence of other dragons at all. Hard stop. You will not find them hanging out with a black or a blue or a red. They only hang out with other whites. Uh, and even then, it will be just a mate for a very short period of time, and then they're gone again. Is that some sort of envy? I don't know if it's envy. I, they're just hyper-territorial. Mm. Um they don't even like to have minions as a general rule. The only minions that really stick around are the minions that that they they can prove that they're strong enough uh, to be a decent minion, but they're got to be plentiful enough because white dragons will just come through and eat some of their minions once in a while. Like, hey, there's no food that I can find, but I've got all of these kobolds. I will eat a few kobolds. Yeah. The kobold horde is not going to suffer for it. It's strong enough to be a decent presence as a horde for the dragon itself. But there's no one kobold that's really going to threaten it or make it feel challenged, right? So kobolds are just a great minion. Um, I would even say lizard folk, depending on whether or not they're cold-blooded or warm-blooded, mm-hmm. um, how you want to play that one. Um, but they, I, just I, a bunch I, of lazy lizard folk laying around. Yeah, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't feel like there are a whole lot of like human cults for for a white dragon. No, right? I'd see it for a red dragon or a blue dragon or a gold dragon even, right? Where they they've got these followers, but not really for a white one. Just because they're so freaking territorial, um, they often fight frost giants. Like that's their number one thing. For territory. Uh, usually for territory, the frost giants will actually go to prove themselves by fighting a uh, white dragon as well. And if they can defeat the white dragon, they won't kill it. A lot of times, they will just try to subdue it and have it become subservient to them, and they will keep it as an ally or a guard. And they, they kind of cow it down to, to what they want. But if the white dragon wins, that frost giant's going to die. Yeah. What's interesting here is that the frost giants themselves are CR8. Um, and even the everlasting ones, 
which are the Frost Giants, which are kind of like bigger and beefier, and they got a bit more flavor to them from Volos. Those are the ones with three heads, right? Yeah, uh, it can be more than three. Like, they they just start growing. They've got troll shit going on to them. Okay. Um, they, uh, they're only a CR-12. So a young uh, white dragon is, I'm getting a bit ahead of myself right now, but a young white dragon is a CR-6. An adult is a CR-13. Hmm. So... How many how many giants are going up against what? What what level of white dragon are we talking here? A one on one, a, a single frost giant may be able to take a young dragon. We talked before about how dragons usually aren't run properly; they tend to land and hit with their claws. Yeah, yeah, which is a little ridiculous as far as we were concerned, but uh, but they will definitely bend a defeated white dragon to the will of the frost giants will. Um, if they can, I don't see them really doing that in single combat. They're going in in groups, right? Um, <clears throat> I want to talk about hordes for just a quick second here. Every dragon has a different kind of horde, and the one that's really cool about this is that they've separated into two different kinds of hordes for a white dragon. There's the small, shiny things like diamonds and gems and coins. Those are just littered around their lair. But anything that's big, like they, they can get a pirate ship or they can pick up like a a, a Remoras corpse that they've they've killed or whatnot. They will they will have this trophy or this this treasure and they will bury it deep in ice and they will cover it in ice so that they can go in. They've got the power to go in and just get it. But anybody else has got to go in with mining equipment and spend a day trying to trying to dig at so they got this weird like safety deposit box that's concept. almost that's interesting because that's almost uh, kind of bestial as well yeah you we said they're the most bestial it's like a dog you know burying its uh, yeah. bone I, I find a uh, uh, white dragon lair would look a lot like bat like the bat cave there's just these large uh, trophies and uh, things littered all just over the place p- parts of it ice yeah. welded to the wall yeah just ice welded to the wall yep uh, and then they have that one frost <clears throat> giant butler <laughs> um, that, so they like God damn it. What would his name be, Dad? <laughs> Think about that. Uh, Jim. Thanks, right. Dan. Yep. <laughs> um, so they do love diamonds. Diamonds are their favorite thing, but they can rarely get diamonds. There's not a whole lot of diamond mines that are up in the Arctic. Most of their horde stuff is going to be ivory from walrus and mammoth tusks, figureheads from the bow of ships, and magic items that, that people come in with. Um, some small, shiny treasures, like I say, are, are littered around. I don't know what they would do with magic items. Like, if you have, like, a magic amulet... They they probably bury it under if, a thick coat of ice. If they know what it does, right? But it says right in the Monster Manual that it's small to large. Mm. It's not important or powerful to mundane, right? Yeah. So, I think you could play that either way. If it was a, a quest to go in and get, like, an amulet or a ring or something of great power, even a signet ring mm. for the local barbarian tribe to say, hey, I am the chief. That could just be scattered on the ground. Yeah, but they, they would value like a mundane ship more. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> what's interesting is that it, for most of the dragons, even the e- the evil dragons, you go in to try to bribe them and you just can't, right? Um, for white dragons, you can for some of the others, right? You can go in and try to reason and, and, and kind of find what they want and maybe trade yeah. or... Or give them a hostage that they're that they may want. You're not going to get that with white dragons. White dragons, I keep saying, going to say this: they are territorial. This is my place, and if you are here, you are trying to 
fight me for power. You've already offended them just yeah, by showing yeah, up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so that's kind of that's kind of the basic lore out of of the paragraph portions of the monster manual. Really quickly though, let's talk about the regional effects. They get six miles of chilly fog. They also get six miles of freezing rain. But when the dragon is resting or sleeping, blizzards can blow through as well. It's like mm-hmm. when they sleep, the elemental aspect just rages, which is a little strange. Mm-hmm. Their lair's also full. You were talking about the Batcave. Yeah. Their lair's full of these icy walls that are six inches thick. Um, and they actually have stats for these walls. Each 10-foot section has an AC of five and 15 hit points. They're vulnerable to fire, which means, you know, it does twice as much damage. But they're immune to cold, poison, necrotic, and psychic, which makes sense. And acid, which hmm. with ice is apparently immune to acid. And I'm sitting there thinking, you're flicking acid at it and it just freezes? Is that, yeah, I guess is so, that the yeah. mentality? I would probably say that they're so cold, that is the is the reason behind it. What I found interesting was what you just said about when they're sleeping, the regional effects. Yeah. I think in my game, I would play that off as a projection of their dreams. Is that they're affecting their region around them because they're because you know when they're in like a deep sleep and if if a dragon for whatever reason is kind of troubled or there's something going on it would be more chaotic yeah the weather around them I think that's really I like that yeah I I also like the fact that with the with the layer itself the layer is going to be full of these regional effects too a lot of people think that the regional effects exist out there in the world and then you get into the layer and now you're into the layer effects but this stuff stacks yeah um, which is why it's interesting that under the regional effects it talks about these icy walls in their layer. Yeah. Um, what's really cool is that the dragon itself can just smash through these walls without worrying about it. They don't have to roll to hit or mm-hmm. do damage. They just smash, smash, smash all the way through. Even a wormling can just smash their way through this um, without worrying too much. I'd probably give it difficult terrain, but yeah, but that's it. Um, the lair effects, 20-foot radius uh, sphere of cold fog that obscures vision. Uh, it must be centered on a spot within 120 feet that the dragon can see. It has a DC 10 constitution save, which is nothing. And you take 3d6 cold damage uh, when the fog is created or when you end your turn in it. So, I mean, 3d6 maybe if people are botching their con saves. But by the time you're fighting dragons, I'm thinking your con save is going to be pretty decent anyway. Yeah, that I think that's going to be more for obscuring your vision more than anything and changing, affecting how you need to move around the lair. Yeah, I think it's almost more for flavor. Like you're like, oh, hey, you know what? I've hit initiative um, twenty, like in the in the initiative order. Yeah. Right. So we we've hit twenty. Everybody make this save again. As so everyone around the table feels a little nervous. Oh my god, can I do it? And then they all will, mm-hmm. unless you've got a, a party of what, like a bard, a rogue, a sorcerer, and a wizard. Yeah. Right. They're gonna have some trouble up against this, but um, I like the second layer effect a little bit better, which is large jagged icicles fall from the ceiling. Within the same kind of area, um, as long as the dragon can see and can, then he can target up to three creatures. The other one was it hits everybody. This is target up to three creatures. Right. Right. So you're pinpointing, you've got like a plus seven to hit. You're doing 3d10 piercing damage instead of 3d6 cold damage. So I think you're doing more damage with this one, whereas the other one's kind of a passive damage that's going to hit. It's the closest thing we have to an aura for a dragon. Mm hmm. Um, with the with the sphere of cold fog, but and the other thing is it can create like beefier walls that are thirty by thirty feet, right? That are a foot thick and um, to any space that it can see. And they've got better AC and more hit points and stuff. So not only can does it have all of these like this labyrinth that it's built, 
inside this big cavernous open area, but can also throw up even bigger walls. I love that. Especially because most of your players are going to have 30 feet of movement. Mm-hmm. So you you can split the party. And the thing about it is when they when the wall gets created, it pushes them to whatever side the character wants to land on. So I would absolutely say that I'm just going to drop this right in the middle of the party and the back half of the people can't get through and the front half of the people can't get back. And that one person in the middle is like, oh, God, what do I do? Yeah. Right? So, I love that. So I thought that was pretty fun. Um, there's some basic mechanics. Um, I'm going to try to run through this really quickly. Wormling has a CR of 2. Um, and uh, a young has a CR of 6. An adult has a CR of 13. And predictably, an ancient has a CR of 20. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to go through this real quick without getting into real specific numbers here. There's They all have good AC considering the challenge rating that they're at but they have weak hit points i find this is pretty standard for fifth ed i always want them to last longer because especially by the time that you're level eight your players are going to hit right uh their strength and con are great their charisma and wisdom is good their dex is average and their intelligence is low until it hits an average point um like the adult i guess and the ancient their saves are dexterity constitution wisdom and charisma which are the saves you use in battle, right? Those, mm-hmm. are, those are the ones. There's not yeah. a whole lot of intelligence or strength saves. Um, which is um, good, but they're not really high considering the CR rating. So it's got these, it almost has these good mechanics. Almost. They've got average walking and swimming speed, below average burrowing, good flying. Um, they've got great perception. Uh, and they've got uh, good stealth as far as their skills go, which just. Leads you to back to the idea of them being excellent hunters, right? They know that you're there, and they're going to try to sneak up on you. Um, they're immune to cold. That tracks. they got great dark vision, great passive perception, and a moderate radius for blind sense, which I thought was neat. What makes a lot of sense with their cloud and yeah. fog mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, they get a decent bite attack and a pretty great breath weapon, considering we don't get a whole lot of area of effect weapons out of monsters. It's always fun to see them. Um, I really wanted the cold breath to cut their speed, to cut things speed off, take 10 off or cut it in half. Or yeah, that's, a, that's, a thing with all it the, that's the thing with all the dragons. Like, there's not a lot of additional effects. Uh, the metallic dragons all get their special breath that they get on top of their elemental breath. Yeah. But your chromatics, they just have, it does this type of damage in this area of effect, whether it be a line or a cone. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre and weird. Like, there should be an The cold should slow. Acid should persist fire especially at that melt. level because if you can reduce speed with that uh, is it chill touch reduces speed cuts speed yes yeah, yeah yeah well if you could do that whether that or just dis- imposes disadvantage is, i don't think i don't there's a reduced no speed chill thing. touch chill, chill touch gives the other attackers advantage because it's like the glowing hand yeah. you're okay. talking about the low level um ice or cold attack i can't remember no. i know the internet's screaming right now yeah rare frost there we go it is rare frost yeah uh, 100%. Yeah, I even if you were to use, uh, if the rules were that you could use, say, a point of your legendary actions or something to, to implement that effect, yeah. um, where it's just a little bit colder than what it normally would be, but then you drop your legendary action points down or something. Uh, but I agree. I think that should be part of it, absolutely. Why would a, a huge, cold, white dragon not be able to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Especially so, one that's a hunter, right? Like, it's going to... 
slow you down, slow and, you down, and, and it wants to freeze you, yeah. right, and, and bury you. Like it's trying. Yeah, that's what it's solid. trying to do. And there's no freezing solid mechanic on on this breath weapon, which no. is strange. Anyway, so everything I just said was true for all dragons, but when they become young dragons um, and they get beyond the, the wormling, uh, we increase their mechanical numbers as you would expect. Where everything gets a little bit beefier. Their bite reach increases to 10 feet, which I thought was fun. They get a decent claw attack added in. The Wormling doesn't get a claw attack. And they get multi-attacks. They get three attacks. Claw, claw, bite. So, again, there's nothing real special between Wormling and Young. We're just beefing up the numbers and you can do more attacks, really. Um, But then it hits adult and we we get into the real big jump. Um, It's uh, CR 13. I think I said 12 earlier, but it's CR 13. Um, their legendary resistance is three times a day, which is pretty standard for anything that's a big kind of boss creature. Mm-hmm. It adds frightful presence, finally, and they get to use it during their multi-attack, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. I'm all for it. I love that. Now you're doing four things at the beginning of your round. That makes absolute sense as well, as it yeah. would be terrifying if a dragon is trying to tear you apart. I think it should just be roaring at the beginning of every <laughs> of every round, right? Yep. So uh, it gets Ice Walk, which... This is interesting. It lets it move across uh, icy surfaces and whatnot without imposing any sort of uh, problem as far as slowing down their movement. There's no checks they have to do. But it also lets them climb icy surfaces the same way. So they're just essentially get, they get spider walk up ice. Why are they not flying? It's weird that they've got this, this climb mechanic in here. I think it's for flavor reason, right? Like, it, it's how... When you walk into a dragon's lair and they... S- uh, get up and they flap their wings and they hover there for a minute with their wings out and beating up all the uh, the snow and everything up into the air. That's all cool. But when you're in the middle of a fight and this thing runs up a wall and grips onto the ceiling and blasts down at you, that yeah. has a different effect entirely. And I don't think it's a bad one. Like I actually think that's interesting. Yeah, I, but I, it, it's I, it's not going all the way up to the ceiling though because we're talking ice caverns and it's only moving forty feet. I think it's it's something that this dragon would have innately that they can do because there's situations where these creatures can't always fly. You may do something to stop this creature from flying, whether you damage a wing or chop it off or whatever. Whatever happens in the game, as we know, it gets crazy. Yeah. But this dragon should still be able to climb the ice walls if it wants to. I just think it's odd that we waited until CR 13 to give this to the white dragon. Right, like why can't the Wormling do it? Yeah, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Anyway, it, it, if anything, the Wormling should have, because it has slower fly speed and whatnot it should be able to climb better and right? it's lighter <laughs> yeah, yeah so um it this also adds a decent tail attack but it's weird that the tail does not include in the multi-attack if you want to do a tail attack on the turn that's it period mm-hmm. which is odd you can do claw claw bite frightful presence or tail or breath weapon yeah i mean you could see you could sit you could argue well the tail's behind it it makes sense it would be bite claw claw but you can also choose to attack something behind you or next to you. Yeah, yeah. Where it would make sense to be efficient to do that. And it's not fourth head. It doesn't matter if you're looking forward or back. But I think the reason for that is because the tail appears as one of the legendary actions. And I think you can also frightful presence whenever it doesn't. It's not added in. What do you mean? Like uh, you could do the frightful presence whenever. It's not an action to do. It doesn't say it's an action to do. It just says each creature within its realm, its range, can does the same. No, but it's it listed... requires no action. It's listed under actions. It's listed under actions... Uh, oh, I guess, yeah, that's true. Never mind. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um... But that's and, weird. Isn't it strange about the tail attack? But I think they include it because they also include the legendary actions. They have detect for... You get a perception check when it's not your turn. 
which is really good when you're fighting rogues and things that can go invisible and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You get the tail attack, which you can do. So I'm doing claw, claw, bite, frightful presence on my turn. And then after you go, I'm going to hit you with the tail. You run around to flank me? No, you don't. Smack, right? So I think that's where the tail comes in. It's it's a reaction, which is kind of more fun. And they and, just give it as an option just in case circumstances come up where you want to use it. Yeah, and then you have the uh, wing attack, which costs two of the three legendary action points. Um, everybody within 10 feet of the dragon has to make a DC 19 dexterity save, or they will take 2d6 plus 6 bludgeoning and fall prone. That's really neat. I like that. And then the dragon can then, fly up to half its speed. Yeah, half its speed, which, which is, is 80, right? So now it can fly 40 feet away. And even if it lands, that's beyond the movement of most creatures. And if anybody fell down, half their movement speed is standing up. Like your dragon got away and is recharging its breath weapon. Probably landed on another side of an ice wall. Yeah. Right? Like this is why dragons are so scary in their own layers. Um, or the, flew straight up and then decided to stop flying and fell back down on top <laughs> yeah. of the character which we talked about before yeah, but yeah. you could cause massive amounts of damage just from being very clever with movement on these yeah. things yeah yeah. and I, I want to point out we haven't talked about burrowing they have a oh, burrow speed I'm as an ice dragon yeah I'm into it I'm bringing it up that yeah. is so much fun um, interestingly enough now we flip over to the ancient dragon and you know what they get more mechanical bonuses all they get is beefier numbers there is no new ability for an ancient dragon. It is the same as an adult dragon. Just with much beefier numbers. Yeah, and like I said, they're much beefier. They really are. It's a CR 13 to a CR 20. So, like, these numbers are huge. But but that's it. Right? There's no additional thing. I want it to have an aura. I want it to be cold to touch. If you hit this thing, you're taking cold damage. Yeah, I agree. There there needs to be something like that. It needs to get a headbutt. Right? Something with the horns or... Or, there needs to be just more to it. I agree with the cold damage. If you if you hit them when something which is ancient, which is basically pure cold, its its body is essentially in a deep freeze at this point. Yeah. yeah uh, or I, what I would do is I would add like a uh, constant fog that is rolling off of its scales that obscures it for range. Like a dry effects. ice type of like effect. a dry ice effect. Yeah, yeah, right? that's that's so cool. Anyway, so that's kind of what we're looking at for white dragons. I know that was a lot, and I talked a whole lot, um, but it was. I think it's important to really know what we're talking about. When we get into my questions, um, I wanted to ask you guys, what are the most important aspects to, uh, to combat when you're dealing with a white dragon? Mm-hmm. So when you're a DM or when you are a player, what's the most interesting um, part of, of uh, combat? Mm-hmm. So um, I am also going to say Crystal from um, Cobalts and Cupcakes gave me new dice because I begged for them like three. <laughs> um, You've had some... Man, horrible luck. Stuff. Yep, so now these are bright orange. I don't have anything that was orange. And I was sitting there going, I have every color of the rainbow except orange. It, it, we're recording this. It's Pride Month. And I'm sitting there going, I can do the whole... No. No. Uh, well, now I can. Now I can. So I'm, yeah. I'm kind of stoked about it. So anyway, I got my orange die. I've got my orange die. I have a green die. We're feeling very Irish today. Well, yours is yellow and orange Well, it's and green. orange and yellow and green. Yeah, okay. Oh, well, there you go. All right, let's roll, guys. Terry, in the box, Terry, and I boxed. I, Don't hit dance. He rolled a one. Okay. That was close. 19! Oh, 19. we got a 19! Oh, oh, Crystal, you're doing me solid on we this. Roll All right, up. re-rolling up. Let's All do right. it. No, 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 you hit mine the last time. We're going to do a one, two, three roll. I'm <laughs> All on right. One, two, three. Ah, oh, very smart. I rolled a 19 again! 
Oh, wow, that's nice. That, yeah. I think yeah. she uh, gave you a weighted dice. Uh, uh, Crystal, you're you're my favorite. Thank you. Um, the uh, Graham, the, you're my favorite. The uh, most important. <laughs> Dan, you're my favorite. <laughs> oh, no. buddy, oh. <laughs> stop playing with your nipples. It's weird. Um, so, I'm going to answer my own question. What's what's the most important aspects to combat with a white dragon? For me, it's the hunting. Like, it's built right into the perception, the blind sense, the walls that go up, and the stealth. This thing is all about attacking. I think we said a dragon should never land. White dragons, I feel, do. White dragons are ground-level hunters. Because they have the walls up in the lair all the time, that's what I'm looking for with the white dragon, is it should be camouflaged up against a wall, and you don't see it because its stealth is insane, and then it slowly comes down, and its eyes open, and they're like like a white walker blue, and then it gets all of its crazy attacks in, and darts behind these walls that you now have to run around. Yeah. Right? And it's got... You know, or or you see it move and you turn the corner and it's had its breath weapon ready, ready to the action, right? Like, first one around the corner is getting smoked with this thing. Mm-hmm. I want to see white dragons be more... I want, I want them to be sneakier. If they're going to burrow, have them burrow through soft powder so that you see it kind of like tremors, the moving oh, tremors. Oh, yes. Right? So you see the white dragon coming. That's that's what I want to see out of, out of white dragons. I don't see these guys as big flyers. No. Even the picture in the monster manual, it's like hugging the ground. It's low. Yeah, it's walking on. Yeah. yeah, so. Yeah, hunt, like a, you can imagine like a big cat like hunting. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. That's for me. I want to see more white dragons doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and at all levels too, even the wormlings. Uh, the other thing I talked about, I'm going to use the opportunity now to, to bring it up again. I talked about how much fun dragon eggs are. And of course, there's no lore in the books about it. I'm thinking a white dragon dragon egg is just dry ice effect coming off of it all the time. It's white with like blue lines, streaks, spots, whatever you're putting on it to flavor your this this egg. But to pick it up, it's cold. You got to wear gloves, right? Like, yeah, I, I would have it so you could almost just kind of see inside. Like if you study it and then you see the movement inside yeah. the shadow, there, there would be opaque the shadows ice. moving within oh, it. Oh, yeah. man, imagine that in your perception check. Well, that... Oh, sorry, I'll, I'll bring it up on my turn. Sorry, that's, that, that's so my thing. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I want more about Dragon Eggs. This is not enough in 5th edition, so I'm, I'm, all, yeah. I'm all over it. I think it's fantastic. But, yeah, that that's it for me. I want the hunt, and I want the breath weapon to be the ambush from the hunt, mm-hmm. right? So, um, yeah... Uh, who's next, Terry? Was... That was me. I want. I thoroughly enjoy this hunting aspect of white dragons, but I also enjoy that they're very malicious and that they hold a grudge and that their average intelligence means that they won't necessarily be trying to do very clever things, just things that they're good at, which is hunting. So I like the idea of the walls going up, but also ground level hunters using burrowing as well. So I would be using grapple attacks and immediately burrowing with that food, letting it go, and then coming back up for the next round. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. That's how I would be moving with that hunter. If you think of the big cats, grabbing the calf, pulling it away from the rest of the the herd, and then going back in for whatever else they need. I'm also picturing that you're not fighting a white dragon out in the open. Not really. I mean, it'll hit and run back to its lair, and it's like, come to me. Yeah. Right? Smart enough to know that it's got the advantage here. And when you walk in... Even if it's stealthy and it's not doing anything, suddenly that ice wall goes up behind you and covers the entrance. Yeah. Now, now it's a. I, I'm not Slowly in here with you. as well. Cracking. Yeah. You're in here with me, bitches. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Like that's. I'm what locked I, in here with you. Yeah. You're exactly. locked in here with me. <laughs> I, I I would actually uh, one of the things about the white dragons that I find is awesome is they also have that swim speed. 
Uh, which which leads me to want to put a white dragon on like a massive frozen lake, and everything they have is underneath the lake. Their entire horde, everything oh. is under the lake. Oh, oh and your party so is good. crossing, and they are swimming underneath the party. And if they were really really uh, with it, if they got that, you know, gnome investigator with a passive perception of twenty five, they can see the uh, dragon swimming underneath them, and. It, all of these wall effects that it could do, it can as long as it sees the surface, it's fine. So 120 feet underneath the surface of this water, all of these uh, ice walls start popping up all over the mm-hmm. place. And your dragon's doing the same thing. It's popping out, grabbing a guy, diving into this ice-cold water, and letting them go. Okay, yeah. all right, hold and on. then freezing the surface. And now you've got a PC stuck underwater under a frozen lake. All right, hold on. You've inspired me now. I'm thinking, like, there's this massive frozen lake. There's a ship. That's sticking yeah. out of the ice yeah. that you got to go get to, and the entire the entire ground. It's not the whole horde is underground or is under the water. the The entire icy surface has gold coins like buried just underneath. Yeah, you'd have to like pick at the ice to get to them, and they're just littered as far as the eye can see. Yeah, I and if the... you stop to get the 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 gems or whatever, this thing is coming up. Right? Yeah. Oh, like it'll feel it. It moves. Well, it's got oh, blind sense, the, right? The yeah. fog just clearing for a second as you look down over the the frozen lake. and the giant eye underneath you looking at you. The eye opening, or like uh, you, like the the frozen frost giant which has been buried underneath mm-hmm. is the first sign that you're getting to the horde. It's like defeated foes that are. Oh, there. You, yeah. you see something like shiny in the ice, and then you look down, and it's a ring on the finger of the frost giant. It's like reaching up, fingers outstretched, mm-hmm. and the very tips of its fingers. Are cracking through the ice and have been worn away by the weather. And it should look terrifying. Yeah. Like, what will terrify a frost giant for it to die like that? Oh, yeah. that's so much fun. Uh, yeah, I, I freaking love it's it. It's all like, about environment, man. You got yeah. you just got to get away from an empty cave. There, No, it's all about environment. Right? But if you're going to do the cave, remember they've got the burrow speed. Remember they've got the breath weapon. Like, they'll no, still, like, climb built it, it even them. says here that they'll, like, sit on perches and breathe on a party while they try to make their way to the dragon because they've engineered with their uh, ice nature. They've engineered hidden uh, holes, uh, spots of difficult terrain, traps everywhere within their horde, and they will sit up above and just perch and do their thing. I love the idea of the dragon coming up through the frozen lake as well with the grapple on one player flying up. Full, full And then dropping them. (laughs) Dropping them or just coming straight back down and swimming through the lake again. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's you can do your entire movement going up, and then it's free action just to decide to stop flying. Anything to down. add flavor to your encounter with the dragon, right? Like it's this should not be a str- and every single fight I've ever had with a white dragon has been a straight up, you know, back and forth melee combat fight. No way! Like this, they're, fighting. This, they're they're hunters. They're hunters. They're 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 not intelligent, but they're wise, and they will you are lure you into traps. You are the prey, and there's no way that and, you are the it, hunter. And, in this and it's even it's even built in there that wisdom and charisma are its are its not great saves at stacks and con, right? No. But but their stat or strength and con are are their big stats. But charisma is next. These things can look at you, and they've got insight. They know what you're doing. They know where you're going. They can sense you no matter where you are, if you're in their lair, like. They're coming for you. You're, you guys are absolutely right. They're hunters. So what do you do as a player to get around it? And I'm thinking the real simple answer is, and you know this because I think you have this ability in one of the games, Dan. Do you have shape water? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So all of these ice walls just go away as a cantrip, right? Oh, yeah. So that like would... That cubes would, at a time, yeah. Yeah, that would be... If you're going to go fight a white dragon, your spellcaster, shape water. Oh, right? yeah. That's, that's the thing you're looking for. And like I say, cantrip, right? So it's... 
Yeah. You're not burning spells. Anything for. fire, like it's it's a given there. But uh, you'll notice that they're not vulnerable to fire at all. But their terrain is. Their and, terrain is yeah. right. Like you want to break up uh, or uh, make sure this is another thing. Bring your gust spells. Your wind spells to get it, rid of this fog. It actually has a mechanic. It has to be blowing at least 20 miles an hour to get rid of it. But then on the next initiative roll of 20, it's back again, right? Yeah. yeah. You're not doing too much with this. You're fighting that all the time. So you cast Gust and blow your whatever level spell on it. You you guys, all right, now everybody else go and do this. We have one round. We have six seconds. Yeah. This is our shot, right? I think you got it as a player... Off the top of my head, I think it's going to be once you spot the pattern, or, or if hopefully you've done a bit of research before you go and attempt to kill a white dragon and how they work, it's going to be a lot of holding your actions, waiting for it to appear, waiting for it to strike. It will get its strike in, but then at least you get your volley of spells off um, in that goal, because you know they're going to follow a, almost like a routine of how they hunt. Yeah, yeah, they're going to they're going to appear, hit, and, and get out of there. Yeah. So when they show up, that's when everybody's got to throw their shit at one time. Do you guys okay? Do you guys think that you can enrage it enough to stay? I mean, they're territorial. They're chaotic as all hell. They're malicious. Do you think that you just showing up, if you do enough damage to them in one go, or you break their trophies or whatnot, it'll just rage out and come at you? Um, hold on, hold on. Before you answer that, that leads into my next question, and I want to cut to commercial first. So don't answer now. So don't answer. Hold on to that. All right. Let's uh, let's cut to Wildbot 3D. This episode is brought to you by Wildbot3D.com. Condition markers, spell trackers, AOE templates, scatter terrain, and much more. Proudly made in Georgia and personally packaged and shipped worldwide. That's Wildbot 3D, your home for quality 3D printed tabletop gaming accessories and terrain. Visit Wildbot3D.com to purchase your new favorite accessories today. Wildbot3D.com. Wildbot. <laughs> All right, so we're back. Um, you guys missed that during the commercial. Terry was uh, making promises to Dan. He's turned bright red. I'm so scared. Uh, anyways, I want to talk about. Hold me. I want to talk about social encounters. Um, I want to know what are a couple of interesting social encounters that you can do with white dragons. Remember, we talked before about how um, chromatic dragons do not innately have the ability to uh, shape change. All dragons can be innate spellcasters, and they have charisma as a spellcasting ability, um, which I think is kind of fun. But if we don't have them able to be bipedal, and if they are staying in their dragon form, what are two interesting ways that you can have a social encounter with the white dragon? Especially keep in mind that they don't like to talk. They would rather just fight. Mm-hmm. So so what can we do here? That's why I was asking earlier about the... Uh, do you think you could you could go to them? Right? I would. Let's roll initiative. Oh, okay. Oh, you got excited to... about it. I just wanted to get answer in it. Okay, I'm not going to hit you guys. I'm going to go in the middle there. You know, you didn't even do that. You got you rolled that out bounced the box, out. Right? I think. Okay. Not one. Natural, Natural one. one. I got a fourteen though. I, I double digits. I rolled three double yeah, digits. Not, but I got a seven. Dan's going so first. So I get to go first. Um, one of the ones that I I absolutely would love to do is with funny enough a wormling. Like, we always talk about the dragons, and we're usually not thinking about utilizing the wormling stage of things. So for a social combat with a wormling, 
the wormling would be trying to kind of get established and whatnot and is uh the social encounter with it would be to you know uh try to trick it to go to a place try to uh play on that fact that they're more bestial and ragey so it's a redirection um so you are introducing them to a uh cold uh a cave that they could go into or or that lake that they can make their home away from the village so it's very much you're coming with gifts and you're coming with things and just hoping that this young wormling that has appeared and started taking dragon uh taking uh uh cows and stuff for food you're trying to goad it away why would you not just kill it it's only a cr2 uh even if you're smart with it it's going to be a cr5 at best uh i i would always Boost it again because like a white wormling still has like a, a wormling still has the ability to fly and look at his hit have, points. I, yeah, I know it's not it's not great. It's thirty two hit points, but when you are um, level, say you're a group of level three characters or level one characters, you got four level one characters. What are you doing against a thing that's flying? It's still hard to handle that. So you are you are trying to goad it right because you're level one. You would use this low. This would be like an introductory campaign thing. Right and and trying to set up an ally with this hunting dragon like there's I there's no reason why you couldn't do that redirect it somewhere else away from everyone because it would destroy you as a party even at CR two if you play it properly yeah yeah so that's that's mine that's one oh I guess yeah we were supposed to do two uh, as a uh, later one I have done an encounter with a uh, ancient white dragon that uh, was encased in stone before. Um, and was just its head stuck in this stone and ice cave. And um, it was because it was removed and it was bestial and it uh, like it was removed from physical movement because it was trapped um, and it was bestial. It was forced to do a uh, to bargain with a party and figuring out how a bestial hunter who is now had for all intents and purposes. Was it, his you said it was off. ancient. It was an ancient. Yeah. Um, now this was back in the day when all we ever did was murder hobos. We chopped its head off and moved on with our lives. But, uh, I would love to readdress that encounter where it's like, okay, now you have this thing that wants to get out and maybe it has an item that you want to get from it. But for it to tell you where that item is, you have to help it get out. So, um, and it's stuck. So if you try to attack it, it's got its bite attack. It's still got its breath weapon. Right? Maybe its tail can make its way out, or one claw. But doing something like that, if you if you have um, a group of high power PCs come up to this thing and they need that item, I think it would be a really interesting encounter to see the bestial made to do diplomacy. Yeah, I don't know. That to me is just watching a barbarian roll. Yeah, but but, but as a <laughs> as a as a gigantic ancient dragon. I think that it would have knowledge. It could be like an oracle almost. Of yeah, like, yeah. It knows where the, the city that was lost to the snows and the blizzards yeah. you know, is. And you've got you've to deal with it. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I, I like that well enough. If it has a burrow speed, I don't know why it doesn't just leave. But uh, you have magic runes. have got Something, yeah. right? But it's D&D. You can bullshit your way through. Yeah, right? yeah. So, no, I, I like both of those. Um what about you? Okay, it's my turn. Uh, I got I got two things. Uh, one is I love the idea of a let's say an adult dragon. It could be a young or a wormling, but I like the idea of an adult dragon that has been defeated by the frost giants and is kept in like chains. 
and they they use it almost as like a, a status symbol amongst the other tribes of frost giants in the area, or it guards their front um, entrance into their city. Right, <laughs> they made and, a white dragon a guard dog. Yeah, right. And you walk up, and it looks at you and goes, "If you free me, I will be your best friend as long as you are up here, and and as long as you live." Which would be three minutes. Yeah. Um, but now you have to free the white dragon. You And I, I like it that it's a... This is CR 13 dragon that is that is chained up. It can do everything that it wants except it can't disappear. Right? It still has its lair is this open area now. Because it's got... This is no horde. So it's being driven insane by this. And you are a bunch of... What, CR... Or like level 9, level 10 adventurers... This thing is still going to kick your ass. You're going to lose a couple of players. Yeah. Right? So it does behoove you to make this deal. And if you go back on the deal and kill a bunch of frost giants, this thing's going to break out. The frost giants aren't as powerful as they were. Right? And now you have to fight it. If you do work with it, now you've freed a white dragon. And And then I would have this thing come back and be a real pain in the ass at about level 15. Right? Where it has now subjugated a nearby village of... Nomadic barbarians or whatever. Yeah. So, um, so I I like the idea of having forcing it to bargain. It's very similar to what you were saying about encased in stone, mm-hmm. but I like the giant aspect of it. Um, yeah, like, wrapped in chains rather than yeah buried in magical stone. Yeah, and so and there would be frost giants that you'd have to go. You'd have to kill the frost giant guards, and then you'd have to go pick the locks and all the chains. For the frost giants come out. Everybody's always jacking the beanstalk. We're going to go rob the giants. Go mm-hmm. rob them of their white dragon. Yeah. I think that's that's more fun. Yeah. Um, and my other thing, which I think would be a lot of fun, is if a white dragon, again, gets, uh, gets captured or uh, taken out of its environment. Of all of the dragons, this is the one that I feel needs to be in its environment. You can put a red dragon in a forest or a green dragon on the plains or a blue dragon over the seas, right? You could do this, and it's not going to really mess with them too much. A white dragon in the desert is just wrong. It's crippling, yeah. Yeah, so this white dragon, in order to survive, needs to be escorted back. And for whatever reason, it can't make it on its own. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of escorting a dragon, and maybe it's just a wormling. And it is sitting in the back of a carriage, and you are just escorting. It's an escort mission. And so you just have bandits on the road that are trying to get it and whatnot. If anybody opens up the back of the carriage, breath weapon comes out and hits them, right? Um, and uh, and you can sit there and deal with them. And maybe you have kobolds that are just desperate to get their hands on this dragon, right? And and if if we free them, then we'll be the the uh, dragon's minions. This will be great, and so on and so forth, right? Like I think that that would be a really fun way of cool, yeah, of of doing it as well. Um, but yeah, that's where that's mm. where I'm coming from. Love it. Obviously, with me going last, it's harder for me to think of two, but I think one, which I would like to play on, um, is that they are of average intelligence, and that, yeah, we know they're very malicious and also very territorial. I think it would be still very difficult to bargain with them, but I think it would be easier to trick them, to goad them out of their environment if they feel threatened or if they feel somebody's offending their territory. So I think you can do this. Instead of doing it like the enemy, my enemy is my friend, I do it more like, this is my enemy, but I think I can trick this guy to kill him. So, for example, if you're having beef, essentially, with a load of frost giants, let's just use an easy example, or some mountain dwarves or something like that, I feel like you should use signs of their presence 
increasingly getting closer to the dragon's environment to cause the dragon to feel that they have to retaliate against your enemy. So uh, I love the idea of a bunch of adventures out there with like a giant one cut out of a giant's foot. Like it's just put like in the snow, just stamping down giant. Yeah. <laughs> but just somehow we can get D and D. Dan, I swear to God, oh don't my do God, it. You almost did it. Don't do it. Don't do it on my turn. Don't do it. Don't do it. I I gotta go. Don't do it. Don't. <laughs> oh shit! Here he goes, Terry. Sit down, Terry. Sit down, Terry. Put your belt back on. Damn, run! <laughs> Terry pooped. <laughs> oh, I actually went dizzy for a second. <laughs> like I went dizzy, almost knocked my ponytail out. <laughs> Sounds like I'm talking about my dick, Dan. Yeah, does does definitely does. It's okay. funny because he was talking about his hair, Dan. Yeah, it's not. I don't know what it's like to have hair. So sounds like yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, anyways. But, that was my point. I feel like because they are so offended by people encroaching on their territory and because they're territory, territory, uh, and because they're more bestial, I think you could trick them. You could yeah. go them into attacking your enemy uh, as a clever little D&D plan. Or set up like a bunch of like bonfires just on the edge of their uh, um, territory mm-hmm. as a way to like offend them. Yeah, to or, draw them out to the edge of their territory to hopefully draw them past. Or we could territory. reverse this plan. If you had somebody who, for some reason, wants to be accepted by the dragon, such as a horde of kobolds, you could show the kobolds sign that the dragon has accepted them to cause them to go to the dragon. Symbols. Yeah. But that, 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 I, that, I, that's... I like it. I, I really like that. Fooling the kobolds, walking in and be like, hey guys, the dragon said. <laughs> the dragon said. He's actually, he actually really likes you. He's decided that he's going to try this uh, worshipping thing. And you know what? It's going really well. It'll go really well. It's Just make your really way over well. there. Uh, really well. And we will watch from afar. But we'll D&D it. We'll make it creative. But if we could just get them to go in there, we're laughing. <laughs> okay, all right, hold on. Because something just occurred to me. You're talking about... I'm, I have trouble picturing kobolds up in the Arctic. That, that's weird to me. Would you have white kobolds? Yeah, no, you would. You I would have white kobolds, but they're like wearing furs. I, yeah? I would maybe play it that they do adapt to their environment. I can see white kobolds. I can see blue-tinted kobolds as well for, for blue dragons. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like it. I, traditionally, right? they're they're like brown and red. Yeah, these look like dogs, and, though. You know, things change, yeah. right? Yeah, no, I, I'm into it. Is this... Do white dragons prove, then, that dragons are hot-blooded? Um, I, I, yes. I get, right? If they're cold-blooded, they can't live in the Arctic? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. I, I, I would say, that, like, their bloodedness doesn't really do it. The, the cold temperature fuels them, right? Like, the, the elemental aspects of, of the dragon is something I like to really, like, pull on and focus on. So, like, they would be fueled by the cold and, and, and if they are drawn out into that heat, uh, warmer temperature that's like it's it's inverse cold blooded mm. what about um, not warm blooded but like inverse cold blooded like they get their power from the cold like Superman gets from the sun yeah so like if you pull them out into a desert that's when they're getting lethargic what about like a Mr. Freeze type story where they use yeah cold, I would play them like Mr. Where they use Freeze their, oh what about, they all have cold? Arnold Schwarzenegger accents yeah <laughs> Um, and polar bear slippers. No, but they would they would believe that their their cold is so powerful that they can use it to preserve things that they love or care about if yeah. they do have that, you know? There, there there's a there's a white dragon wormling buried like a dead one buried in ice somewhere in the thing and this Dad, is like oh Can we not what? talk about dead children of any variety, please? Well I wasn't saying can you not? Tra- I was gonna say I was gonna go with childhood friend. Like right. the one and only friend this white Still dragon has a ever child. had. Child. Still a child, Dan. Daniel. Okay. It's a wormling. Please. Yeah, but look. We don't appreciate it. Children okay. in danger are sensitive, Terry and I. Yeah. We just need you to calm down. 
<laughs> you guys can't see the hate eyes I just got from Dan. Can you dial it back, please, Dan? Yeah. Anyways, um, so uh, is there anything else that you guys want to want to cover for for the social encounters on dragons before we move on to the next thing? No. And they're not that social. Know, well, the thing is, like, you know, you have the traditional uh, idea of a conversation with the dragon, and you're just not going to really have one with a white, right? And and if you get its name wrong, a white dragon's not going to care if you get its name wrong. You're, it's going to kill you anyways. No, you already right? pissed it off by the fact that you walked into the lair. Exactly, right? That's like, what offended him. You are, if anything, or if her. you are stuck in a conversation with a white dragon, you, yeah. you are starting from a negative person. You are trying to save your life. Rather than trying to gain something from the dragon. Uh, I'm going to back up. Terry just said, or her. Why are there not more female dragons? Like, traditionally speaking, they're all male. I mean, with this team, Matt. But, like, traditionally speaking, when you say, oh, the dragon, it's always a he. I love the idea of it being a female dragon. Uh, especially, uh, Yeah, I think we're coming around now. Was Icy Death, but... uh, Death is a female dragon, I believe. Icy Death? Uh, it's... Uh, Forgotten Realms Lord White Dragon. I feel this is honestly my opinion. I feel like because up until we got more creative with dragons and different types of dragons and different motivations and goals, when they were more bestial like and they were more aggressive, that was seen as quite a male trait. You could see them as like essentially a large lion being territorial. I just love the idea of a bunch of like white kobolds, like even with the little furs, like Dan was saying, that are the minions, they, they run forward and my queen, yeah. right? And I just, I think that's 100%. really... I'm all over Tiamat, I love her. And I, I would I would use a white dragon also as a minion, specifically of Tiamat, so like, they are the great hunter. If you are talking to like a different dragon, they're always talking about the great hunter, mm-hmm. right? And they're always referencing how fantastic this hunter is, and how fantastic this white dragon is at, you know... Sneaking up and killing you when you least expect it, or like, grabbing you when you least expect it, and like the other dragons are actually afraid uh, because right. they're wild. They're they're. Right. Hold on, I love what you're doing, Dan, but you're getting into the broader campaign use that we're talking about. Next, first, I want to do a shout out. All right, okay. I got told that I'm I've... itching to go here as well because yeah. I'm I want to piggyback off Dan. I, I I got told that I say shoot out, so a shout out for okay. our American friends. In Canada, we pronounce it shout out. So <laughs> yeah. So, sure. uh, so really quickly, uh, there's a couple things that I want to just get out of the way. Uh, first and foremost, thanks again to Crystal and Graham. Did I say it right that time, Terry? It's not Graham. Uh, it's Crystal and Graham, actually. Oh, uh, they'll forgive right. you. Okay, uh, Gristle and Crayon. <laughs> They're not right? going to like that. <laughs> it's 2019. I don't know. People are called crazy things. Crystal um, and Graham, we love them. Uh, yeah, you guys should really follow uh, Crystal on Instagram. Uh, she's at Cobalds and Cupcakes. She does great work. Uh, Check out our Instagram page and our other, our Facebook page and Twitter and whatnot to see this amazing cake with this awesome mimic sitting on top of it. I'm still going on this cake. Right? Um, yeah, yeah I, I'm blown away. And also she gave me amazing dice. So I'm, I'm just, thank you again. It was great meeting you guys. And uh, we're going to throw up a bunch of pictures that, that we had and uh, or that we took together. And uh, I'm excited to keep talking to you guys uh, about what's going on in your campaign. Uh, the other thing I want to touch on is the giveaway. We announced it during the mailbag episode, but you two were terrible and interrupted me, and I got derailed, and now you're just bad people. So um, <laughs> I want to talk really quickly about what exactly this giveaway is. There's a litany of prizes, most of them related to Mimics. You will definitely get Mimic minis out of this, um, and we are going to uh, keep adding them over and over until September 1st, which is a cutoff date. You, The only thing that you need to do is send us a message. Let us know what classes 
you think each of us are, what races you think each of us are, and what backgrounds you think each of us are. <coughs> also, what flavor of Hall's Dan should fucking have. Oh, Black Cherry. Anyways, so uh, classes, races, and backgrounds for each of the three of us. Um, you can drop that uh, into our email, info at itsamimic.com, uh, or hit us up on Instagram, uh, at itsamimic. Uh, we also have our website. You guys should go check it out. There's a lot of really cool stuff going on over there. Um, it's www.itsamimic.com. We have our Twitter, uh, at itsamimicdnd. And, of course, we have a Facebook page and YouTube. Nobody gives us any comments. or, or Everybody's on the on the podcast. Talk to no us. One's, no one's over there on YouTube. I actually check those comments yeah. on a regular basis. So um, I think, I think Rackham is the only one in there on a regular basis. Man, give me shit. Rackham. So. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so, so that's the, uh, shout out today. Shout <laughs> am I, am, am, am The, the I more effort it? you put into it, the worse it sounds. Oh my God. That's the name of your sex tape, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so Dan looks like he's going to cry. <laughs> Dad. I'm quiet for like five Come minutes. On, I say one sentence Bullshit. and get lit you up. You were checking your phone. I'm, I'm like, excited no. for the video because I feel like people are going to get on board with Dan more. They're going to love him because we bully him so much. Um, you guys really do. <laughs> well, don't but des- I love you. Don't deserve it then. Um, so the last thing that I want to talk about is campaign usage, which you were going off. Finish your thought before we roll dice. And no, 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 no. I'll, I'll bring uh, it up when we get in. All right. Okay. So I want to know when and how would you use a white dragon in a campaign? So we're not talking an encounter. We're talking this is a campaign villain. Mm-hmm. Right? I got one good to go. Well, do you want to roll dice? and <laughs> just, I really want to go first. Here's, here's your natural one that you rolled before. I just really want to go first. God. Can you stop begging me? <laughs> You're with 0 us. for three on this. In the box. <laughs> Try again. I'm not rolling until you get it in the Sorry, box. Sorry, I'm, I'm not good at sports. <laughs> oh god. He did it again. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Another, another 19. Dan knocked Fuck it down. Fuck you. <laughs> I will fucking oh, end you. Oh, all right. Yeah. So Terry, you still going first because I knocked it down, down to you're nine. Dan is four, and I'm three on the final rolls. Beautiful. You're not allowed to get mad. You did it, to Adam. Okay. You did start this nonsense. Yeah, it's your fault. How would I use You're a terrible human a white being dragon feel shame. as a big bad? Okay, you guys know I love Tiamat. I like to talk about a lot. I feel like I would marry her. Okay? So, I would she use... marry you? Daniel, it's my turn. Okay? I will white dragon crawl over this table and tail attack you in the mouth. If you if you keep this up, okay? You're just a worm. I will, That's an I will legendary action you in the face. You're a wormling. You don't have a tail attack. I will legendary action you in the face. I would use a white dragon because they are... They are Master hunters, right? We've agreed upon that. Do you think they I, use bait? I would just let me get They're my master baiters. Come do me done! <laughs> Don't put that evil on me! And now I've yelled. Uh, and now you've you brought me down to your level. I would use them in honor of their queen. I would use them as almost like a big terrifying bounty hunter mm-hmm. type villain of where they have been sent out by the dragon queen to get her most... Um, prize targets, you know, the, the generals out there that are trying to go against her. I would use them as the big, terrifying bounty hunter trying to impress the Dragon Queen. And yeah. I think that would be a fantastic villain that you're never sure where they are, but they show up, and uh, I would love that. Yeah. I would use a, uh, since I'm, I'm next, right? Or are you next? Uh, no, I rolled a three. You were next. Okay. Um, so I would use a white dragon. I wouldn't really set them up as the big bad evil guy because they're kind of one note in my, in my opinion, like they're hunters and they're fantastic at it, but that's what they are. 
Um, so what I would use a white dragon is, is I would definitely use it as a surprise. I would use it as a... Surprise dragon. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so no, I would. I would surprise dragon. Like, you accidentally stumble into its lair. I think a uh, white dragon has the cunning... Um, has enough of the cunning aspect to them where they can set up their lair to be stumbled upon by prey. And they're sitting there kind of like a trapdoor spider just waiting mm. for for the dragon... for uh, a hapless adventuring party to come upon. Are right? you... Are you- Planning this as a set piece, or is this a random encounter? I'm planning this as a set piece. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I would plan a session around this specific combat, right? Like, you are going from point A to point B, and there's a frozen lake in the middle. You have to cross the frozen lake, right? And then your party's going to be like, okay, well, there's clearly going to be something about the frozen lake, because you're an evil DM, and of course you're going to use the frozen lake as a set piece. So what could it be? And they obsess and you give little hints about different things there could be a remoraz there could be a uh um a bunch of frozen spiders or something right like like throw some sort of flavor in there to draw them just away just like a handful of black widows just frozen under the ice yeah. well no like i'm thinking like massive blue like ice, ice spiders ice spiders right those things like, we didn't get in game of thrones that promised we never got yeah uh, but i would i would pull the party's uh investigation of what is here into many different directions and they would see clues of different things like oh there's an old frost giant camp that's been abandoned maybe they're somewhere in this area and, and leave these little clues and then hit them with a dragon right and and you stumbled upon this thing's uh territory and it's going to make you pay for it that's what i would do i'm gonna say this there's a lot of dragon hunting that goes on in dungeons and dragons where you kind of know ahead of time what you need going after the dragons. And I feel like that's why they get the CR rating that, that they have in the Monster Manual, is because your players know they're in a dragon campaign. If you're going to hit them with a dragon out of the blue, you got to treat it like it's a couple of levels higher than it actually is. Mm -hmm. um, maybe not a Wormling. Wormlings, like, they have no hit points. But if you're going to hit, you know, a CR 13 party with an adult white dragon out of nowhere, that should really be your... You're level 15 party, right? I, I wouldn't be hitting a level 13 with that. Uh, you're going to lose players. Yeah. And remember in 5th edition, if you lose one player, the rest, of, yeah, the rest of the players aren't as effective, and you get stuck in a death spiral unless you get a TPK. So I'd be really careful with the out-of-the-blue dragon aspect. I think it's a really neat idea. Maybe hit and run as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe if the, dragon, the, if the dragon gets hurt enough... It'll withdraw yeah. and continue to guard this pass or whatever for the next prey to come through. Yeah. yeah, you could always come across a frost giant actively engaging in a white dragon with a white yeah. dragon. You know what? That's what I used to like about uh, if you guys ever played like the Elder Scrolls games, like Skyrim. Mm -hmm. You know, we just be walking along and you're like, "Oh, a giant is fighting a yeti." So yeah. You yeah, just got to see it happen. Good. I guess I'll get involved and I'll loot the bodies afterwards. Yeah. I always hated the uh, giants just outside of White Run because you would always run into them when you're low level. So you just walk along and be like, "Oh, look at that, a woolly mammoth!" And then you're 50 feet in the air because the giant came out of nowhere and yeah. smoked you up. In the I air. love it though when like like or something attacks you and you're like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna die!" But then like a bear comes along and starts attacking it. You're like, yeah. "Thank God for you!" Yeah. <laughs> I too have played Nintendos. <laughs> oh, Adam, get out more. Get better at no, video games. No, no, no I am out. That's <laughs> a problem. Don't go out there. There's nothing for us. Uh, anyway. Um, tried it. People will try to converse with it's you. It's my turn. Terry, show me the respect that you needed from, from Dan. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Um, now look, Dan. Now we're all respecting each other. That's what you do. It's anarchy. 
don't it's anarchy dead. to respect everybody? No, if you don't respect... Oh my god, you're not even listening! I rarely do. Add in. Anyways. Do go on. Um, so, uh, Dan was talking about uh, Remoraz, and you guys are talking about this this um, crazy idea of these two things fighting each other. I think that if you're... What you should do is you should say, hey, you know what? There is this... Um, you need to pull the rug out from underneath your players, like you are saying, Dan, but I would say you're going in for the dragon because he's moved into this area. And when you get in there, you can have the dragon fighting three or four Remoras that are popping up out of the ground and changing the landscape, and you've got to get in there and make sure the dragon dies. But the moment the dragon's dead, the Remoras, the whole group of them are going to come after you. So you're managing these creatures that are higher level that any one of them could wipe you out, and you got to kind of stay uh, balancing and rebalancing this fight over and over again. I love that. I see I, what you're saying. So I, you might have to side with one side and, and then, then side with the other side. Yeah, and yeah. swap back and forth and yeah. be like, okay, look, um, we're, we got to distract the big Remoraz until the dragon kills the little ones. Yeah. And then we got to get the big one to come back after the dragon. Yeah. Right? And so you're doing a whole lot of like animal handling checks and... Um, deception for decoys and oh, stealth. I and love that. Uh, that feels like a, like a skill challenge more than anything else. And then by the time you get around to this ancient white dragon that you have to kill, you had no idea how you can do that at level 12. It's only got 100 hit points left. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have its breath weapon. You're waiting on the recharge, right? Yeah. So this allows you to kill a high-level dragon early on. Um, making, yeah, making a really fun campaign. Yeah. yeah. The other one that I thought would be really cool is to... Um, have the go in and steal the dragon eggs that are there. So there's the female white dragon that just laid all of the dragon eggs. And you got to go in and kill her and steal the eggs or smash them up before they turn into more. Because we don't need that many white dragons in this region. So please just, just even if you only deal with the eggs, try to kill the, the ancient white dragon. But you don't have to. That's secondary. And then as you get close, you see the white dragon flying away. You're like, oh, hey, you know what? We're at level 10 party. There's just like... We feel good. Yeah, there's like seven dragon eggs. We're going to go smash them. And you walk in, and now there are seven wormlings, and that's a CR-14 encounter. They, you've got seven breath weapons going off. These things are flying and climbing, and they're still, they can still use their regional and lair effects. Yep. Even when they're wormlings. So you got to keep in mind that that is not, that is not just um, one 30 by 30 foot wall. That's seven yep. that are going up. This is now just a crazy funhouse environment, and you are slowly tracking down these things inside this massive area. Oh, that would be so much fun. Yeah, I think so, I think that would so take stressful. you an entire encounter or an entire session to yeah. run through that. But you would remember oh, those I, games I, where you're just stressed to hell by the end, but it's so good. I just yeah. got an idea for uh, like literally just now uh, for a different uh, twist to a campaign, like three or four sessions where cool. you you come across that one survivor of an adventuring party that. Uh, attacked the white dragon and lost, but he managed to get away. So now this guy, because they're vengeful and they hold a grudge, this guy is hunted, actively hunted by a dragon that is more powerful than your party will be able to handle. So now you're doing a series of things to try to uh, shield him and hide him from the white dragon. Ninety, I love it. 90% of players are going to be like, I don't know, man. Tie him to a tree and leave him. Yeah. No, you, okay, I, I those, say... Those parties are... I yes. say make them and make somebody, them pay for that. Make them somebody of import like of importance some, some, as well. Yeah, yeah so like maybe not necessarily a minor thing, lord. but a, a politician or minor lord or something where people are gonna have to protect that person. It's not clear why the dragon keeps attacking, 
but it's for that one individual, especially yeah. a dragon that doesn't talk that much. Yeah, I like the idea of, of your you, the whole same setup, but maybe maybe they're supposed to sacrifice the guy to the dragon to get through the territory. And now you're dealing with alignment shifts and things. Yeah. Right? Like, not that alignment shifts mean anything in 5th Ed, but I think it's fun characterization that... It's fun storytelling at the very least. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't... Th- I think that there are a lot of options around white dragons. We've covered a lot of different ways to use them in this episode. Do you guys have any final thoughts before we wrap this up? The only thing I would say, my final thought is, and we've touched on all of these things, but it's just to remember the personalities and the, and the core traits of these dragons. Like, the, the encounters and the campaign arcs are coming from, essentially, the, what they are. Mm-hmm. This dragon is territorial. It is very malicious. It is more bestial and is of average intelligence. Everything should be built around those principles. They're going to act very differently to blue dragons, to red dragons, to brass dragons. Uh, and, and if you stick to those core traits, you'll make a much more interesting campaign arc. It yeah. won't just be the generic... Slashy, slashy dragon. Yeah, and and I would hazard all DMs and all players uh, to take white dragons far more seriously. They kind of get that rep of being the ones that you could just kind of hand wave. And, it's lack of creativity. Yeah, it's a, it's a lack of creativity. You uh, Just like you were saying. They're just use big their griffins with cold breath. Right? Yeah, yeah, right? And, and there's nothing saying they have to be that. Make them interesting. Make them... A threat. Oh, I right? just and they're dragons. It, you're playing Dungeons and Dragons. It should have some weight to it. Yeah, I sorry. I just I was thinking about the burrow mechanic again. Just I don't know why it hit me, but I'm thinking all the way through this area. There's all of these like cold geysers that are just coming up out of the ground, and if you get hit by it, you take this cold damage. And when it, and it turns out that it's the dragon waiting on the breath recharge. Yeah, and burrowing underneath you, and you just don't know it's down there. And every every so often, you just Boom! The ground explodes with this giant geyser of, of cold and ice. Oh, so or, or, you, or you can do the whole thing where these gigantic holes are just appearing in the city and people are going missing through these holes and you have to hunt it down and figure out I what's I do want to play it. Tremors. And, and it's very much like Tremors. And then you find it's like a, a, a bunch of wormlings are working together or something, right? Uh, or, or a bunch of wormlings are having a hunting competition to see how many... Uh, humans or or villagers they can get and whoever wins gets this land mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I also just think because you just talked about borrowing again Adam if there's somebody specific or some specific target that a white dragon is looking for in a town why would they fly and attack the town like a regular dragon like a regular dragon like some of the other dragons would why are they not just borrowing coming up grabbing what they want and going back down again because they're really not that cunning it's right in the lore they're they're territorial they they need to say this is mine hmm. a lot of their attacks are going to be based on a show of force um, as opposed to just like assassinating the mayor right which is something you expect out of a blue dragon or yeah. a green dragon so i hear what you're saying i think that I wouldn't do it, it with a wormling. I wouldn't do it with a wormling who has an intelligence of five. But I, I might do it with an ancient who's been around and yeah. has seen the remoras pop up and and things like. Oh, wait a minute, that's a good fucking idea. Or if they're going to use that tactic, it's going to be closer to home. It's going to be to protect their own stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, is there anything else that you guys want to cover on white dragons? Or no, good. That was great. All right. So, thank you, chaps. Um, let's thank uh, you, Crystal, for that cake again. Oh, oh my god, it's so good. I, uh, we're going to force feed Terry more of it uh, as soon as we finish. Yeah, it's so good, but I can't. It's so rich. It's July it was, soon. It, it's July soon. You just have to get your beach bod ready to go. Is uh, that what it is? You put me back a week. <laughs> <laughs> now, all I, now all I get to do for my next meal is just sparkling water and a nap. Sparkling water and naps for the next week. That's yeah. it. That's all you're allowed. Um, all right. So uh, 
This has been another episode of It's Mimic. Thanks very much for listening to us uh, ramble on and on about white dragons. Uh, I believe the next dragons that we're going to cover are green. Ooh. Uh, if, I, if, I'm, if I remember correctly. So, um, so make sure to check that out. We also have a big episode on fiends coming out. Um, I believe it's next week. Yep. And uh, we have a special request as well to kind of reorder some of the classes that we're going to do. Um, so we've got uh, we've got some little bit of shakeup coming up with that as well. Yeah. Around the corner. So we got a lot of fun stuff coming up in the future. Make sure to check us out at uh, uh, mimic. Sorry, www.itsamimic.com. Uh, you can reach us at info at itsamimic.com and hit us up at itsamimic on uh, Instagram. Guys, what are your personal tags? I'm at Oscar underscore the underscore orc, all with case. At send noobs DND, that's Instagram. And uh, I'm at Rusty Styrofoam. So thanks very much for listening, and uh, let's play the outro music. Thank you for listening to It's a Mimic. Check us out online at itsamimic.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have questions you would like answered by the guys on the show? Send them an email to itsamimic at gmail.com. Tune in every Tuesday for more. So I'm literally, the mimic is staring at me right now, and I'm like, guys, what's the weirdest animal you've eaten? Do you know what? Mine's not that bad. I, Did you say I bad? Mean, bad. No, oh, not okay. bad. Fuck. I've eaten, like, worms and stuff for, like, survival things. Well, you yeah, because like, you're British military. They, like, teach you how to eat bugs and stuff there, right? Well, actually, like, bear was it there for six years, and I like, it once. Is it like they blindfold you it, and just it, like, open your mouth? Crickets and, and stuff, but... Mm-hmm. I feel like not that, nothing that bad. Mm. Alligator, I, but I feel like everyone's done that now. I used to work in an exotic meat uh, packing company. Okay. Um, what does exotic meat comprise of? So uh, we had uh, bison, we had uh, snake, we had just shark. Them at everyone's we eating had, bison. We had, we had shark, we had like three different varieties of bear, we had elk, we had... Uh, You're just listening to stuff that my brother hunts. I just, yeah. yeah. You're just listing Canadian animals. Um, I ate, I ate some really weird stuff in Antigua uh, when when I lived there with my family. I've, you lived in Antigua. I lived in Antigua for four months. Yeah. Antigua, Ontario. <laughs> no, <laughs> a, a, Antigua and Barbados, which is fifty five hundred fifty or five hundred miles north of Venezuela. What's that in real money? In Seven real and money? a half thousand kilometers or something. Yeah, something like that. It's 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 a ways away. Uh, it. I, I thoroughly didn't enjoy it because I am a gigantic nerd who prefers to stay indoors and not have the sun be- beating on me at 24-7. Oh, um, and bugs. Bugs were a big would thing. Would you rather have the sun beating on mm. you? Oh, speaking of bugs. Yeah. Rackham found out what a group of sturges is called. I don't know if you saw that. A what th- is... A thirst. A, a thirst, thirst of, of sturges. sturges. That's amazing. That, that is good. the most terrifying that's thing I've ever good heard. As it gets. That's, that's vaguely sexual too. I like that. I yeah, mean, exactly. I'm like you walk through and you while you're walking through the jungle, and all of a sudden you hear a buzzing noise and you turn and you you can hear the thirst. Before just a load of thirsty you. sturges. Yeah, and like you have to say it like you would say like you don't just say moist. You say moist. Like you add gravitas to it. Mm. Like you have to do the same with. Is it gravitas? Thirst. Is it like gra- gra- gravitas? What I, I have the dialect. Oh man, I'm getting like a. Are you getting a sugar rush? Well, you've you've kind of you've been cutting right now, haven't you? A little bit, summer cut, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awful. Well, sorry, sorry for this. Is this your cheat day? I hope it's your cheat day. Thanks, Crystal. It's not a cheat day. (laughs) It is now. I like that. It's blue.
I also like that. That's my contribution. I'm just eating cake. I like that it was like a gender reveal party for the mimic, who we've been calling Mimi this whole time. But now we need to change to Mike. No, hold on. Pepe? No, not Pepe. No, Pepe. I am. I'm the one that's going to take the selfie here. No, oh, Pepe. Is that, because we're, is that because we're weird about? No, uh, not Pepe because that's the uh, alt right movement's freaking mascot. Is it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Hard no. Yeah. Huh. Um. I should probably get up to date with this stuff. <laughs> get better at <laughs> the internet, Terry. Who's yeah, for, get someone, that? for someone who gave me no end of shit for being bad at pop culture. Well, I'm sorry. I don't know the cartoon logo for the alt right movement. You need to stay up to, to speed on these things. Yeah, you really do. I think my kidneys are shutting down. Something's going on. Are we just recording this endlessly, and then we'll see what we'll we... We'll just uh, set it out as a side thing. Or after the episode. Yeah, this could, well, be, this could be after the... After uh, the episode. After the end, yeah. I could be like, la la la, eat the mimic, eating fucking cake. La la la. <laughs> oh my god. Terry's sitting in the fucking mailbag, it's my turn. La la la, fucking cake. <laughs> Dan, you got a rap. <laughs> Uh, I am. Oh, I we am were just not, doing Tupac a minute ago. I am nowhere near quick enough to rap. I'm pretty sure Dan is a one pack. <laughs> it's keg. <laughs> Mimics bring bitches. Bitches bring lies. No, no. Tupac, but no. I made it. It's a mimic. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. No, it's funny, Dan, because he he was <sighs> quoting Tupac. Tupac, but it was actually but incorrectly. It's a mimic. Yeah, right. That's why it was funny, Dan. Dan. No, Dan. no. I'm with you. I'm 100 with you. I just. I don't understand this new thing of explaining jokes to me. It's because you don't get it. You look at us like with your big fucking cow eyes and we're like, what the fuck, Dan? No, no. I I, I mostly just rage staring at... This is the most sugar I've had. (laughs) I'm having it in a single sitting. I don't think I've had this much sugar over the past six months. And... I don't know what's going on. You could have said, hey, Dan, cut me a smaller piece. I'm smelling colors, dude. I'm sorry. I thought you were a normal fucking person. You cut me I'm a third of colors. a goddamn I'm cake. smelling colors. I feel like I'm licking the Faye wild, man. Like, I'm <laughs> out there, Dan. When, when Faye goes wild, mm. Terry's just getting that tongue oh. right in there. What? David, write that down. Good idea for porno. There we go. When Faye goes wild. Pretty oh, sure yeah, that's already the name of one. I'm pretty sure we're going to get Dan to Google that later. Mm. Hey, you know in Quebec, some people say they say goggles. A little bit, some of they say goggle? Goggle. Yeah, goggle. Yeah. Wow. My own goggle. Now, okay, you That's guys gave me shit. I ripped, I ripped on Quebec like 10 episodes ago. You guys like, Adam, you can't do that. Um, It's actually pronounced Quebec. It's actually pronounced so. Quebec. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show my inner white guy. And... <laughs> <laughs> well, hey there, Quebec. How you doing? <laughs> Are you from Quebec? <laughs> Goddamn love. You K-Bec. speak French there, don't you know? <laughs> what? <laughs> My favorite thing about Quebec French is that real like people from France hate it. Well, it, it must be how you feel whenever you hear an American. Absolutely. Yeah. One hundred percent. Like, stop butchering the Queen's Please English. Stop doing that. Yeah. They're like, I could hear your English. removal of the U's. <laughs> yeah, do, 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 do you ever look at an American and be like, what's the matter with you? <laughs> Why are you talking? Ma- I love America. What's that? It's a bus. No, it's a trolley, you damn colonial. Too much. No. It's always every day of my life. But I'm moving past now. Well, you've been in Canada 10 years now. I know. That's why I started to learn French. And at French least it's now. Canada. I started to learn French. Oh, have you? Quebec French. Not real French. Well, so let me guess. Yet. You started with swearing. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, look, it's easy to learn Quebec French. All you have to do is put la in front of an English language. Uh, it's la truck. <laughs> That's it. Now, now you can speak French. I'm going down to Le Starbucks and, uh, and having a lot of coffee. Uh, I love them. God love them. 
Well, somebody's got it. This is going to be a hell of an episode to edit. Well, well, that too throw either. this on the end, man. Yep. I got two bites left. No, one bite. I'm going to do it. Oh, my God. It's too much sugar. (laughs) It's not enough sugar. I can see, like, Terry's bicep twitching. Just from the amount of sugar. Yeah. Oh, my God. I've I've also been staring at his muscles. His bulging, quivering, throbbing (laughs) muscles. And they're kind of sweaty now because of all the sugar. Oh, you guys. Like, glistening, bulging muscles over here. Stop. (laughs) That's weird. That was good, Crystal. Thank you. Yes, Crystal. Thank you. Graham, thank you very much. Thanks, Graham. Hey, Graham. We learned that that Graham is from about... He's from England originally, and he's from about 10 miles away from where I'm from. Say say it again. Graham? Graham. 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 Or, you know. I'm hyper aware of it now. It's like when somebody from America points out that, oh, you guys said a boot, and I'm like, no, we fucking did. No. It's actually more like a boat, anyway. Like a boat, like on the ocean. I found it, uh, when, when Shannon and I were dating, I found that m- most people in Ohio have a stronger Canadian accent than we do out here on the <laughs> Oh, yeah. You listen to the all-natural 20s. It's the Y thing. That, like, they throw Ys into words, right? Mm. Like, a can becomes a can. It's like, are you saying ki- can? Because it sounds like you're saying a can of tuna. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know. Uh, 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 what's the one I... I, I you got to make some movies, man. We'll go all day with this. paper bag. Like Shan would say, a pamper bag, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. what? What is yeah. that thing you just said? Because it's not my language. So. No, it's it's a, it's a paper bag. But the language thing will go down. How's that, Adam? You stopped halfway through your slice. Oh my god! That's because his slice was a quarter of the cake. Smashed the yeah. down, man. Yeah. No regrets. Uh, uh, there'll be some. I'm looking at your face right now. Oh, I'm gonna take a picture of this. Terry's <laughs> fucking falling apart. Wait. Oh, oh, he's got a pose. No, I'm. Not. Are you actually about to throw up? Here's the thing, mate. Everyone always thinks I'm posing for stuff, and I'm not. I'm just trying to live my life. (laughs) From the sexiest angle possible. Which I've mastered. Oh, God, I'm burping. Excuse me. Do we want to get this out of the way, and then we'll start talking about stuff? Dragons.